Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on the show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. Well, welcome to the show, everyone in the United States and around the world. <clears throat> From China to Rwanda, we have listeners. And you know what? To all of you, thank you. Uh, thank you for telling other people about the show. Uh, what you have done is tremendous. Shout out from the State Department to Richard Roberts, my good friend that I love so much that I first met in South Korea and then went to uh, Japan, Okinawa with. And a special shout out to Gang Yang in South Korea, a wonderful person. Cheryl Harris, who I first met when she was in Tunisia. Uh, now I'm talking to her. She's at the State Department. And then you mean in uh, Kazakhstan. I was also, of course, for a week in Indonesia. But I'm always thinking about you, then you mean you and all of your uh, friends. I'm sure the tension with what's going on in the Ukraine. Uh, and as my listeners know, I am on the board of the World Institute on Disability. And we are working very hard to try to find support for people with disabilities that are being left behind in the Ukraine. So please go to wed.org, that's wid.org, uh, and make a contribution. I mean, can you imagine being a person who is blind or in a wheelchair, any disability, for example, like me. As you know, I'm not only hard of hearing, but my primary disability is epilepsy. And I was thinking, imagine being in the Ukraine with epilepsy, not having access to medication. Oh, even thinking about that, it's horrible, horrible as it would for many disabilities that require medication, like diabetes. But I was thinking about epilepsy and thinking, oh, imagine just having seizure after seizure if you don't have medication and dying. So we really, really, I really ask you to support all of our brothers and sisters with disabilities in the Ukraine. Now, I mentioned Japan. Hey, Yoshiko Dart. I always have a shout out to Yoshiko, who, by the way, was behind me with the Bender Leadership Academy when it wasn't even a 501c3. Justin Dart's wife, a real disability leader. I love you, Yoshiko. And hi, Mark. Thank you so much for your support uh, and what you've done for us by being the sponsor for the past several years of the radio show. And I got to tell you, we'll be hearing from my friend Elijah today in a few moments, I think. But I just want to tell everyone, tonight's the night. The human, the human Armstrong webinar that I am part of. And it's all over LinkedIn. You know, you can 
get the link. You don't have to register. It's on Zoom. You can just uh, go listen. And as I said, Elijah will be calling in to talk about it more. But um, Thursday, whoa, it's the AAPD Gala, which is virtual. You know what that means? It's free to everyone. Go to aapd.com. That's aap.com, and you can register uh, today. It's free, no charge. And the MC is Jane Pauley. So make sure, as a matter of fact, from the great state of Pennsylvania, you will see me introduce Senator Casey, who will introduce to the award, Corporate Leadership Award, to the CEO of Highmark, who I just talked about, right here in Pittsburgh, David Holmberg, this Thursday night, aapd.com. Well, I was so excited to have on my show today, Ms. Perry Jude Radisick, the CEO of Disability Rights Pennsylvania, because you know her. Well, you'll know her voice as soon as she starts talking. You know her, my listeners know her, as our newscaster, on the half hour, Advocacy Matters, giving us every week a news update. Only place you can go to in the media to get this weekly news update with my good friend and disability rights leader, Perry Jude Radisick. Perry, welcome to the show. We'll be talking about news all day because I have you on the show. So, Perry... <laughs> Um, I want everyone in the United States and around the world to know more about you. So let's start with your story. You know, how did this all begin and how did you decide that you were interested in advocacy and what led you to Disability Rights PA? Well, Joyce, thanks for having me. And, and first, congratulations to Highmark, a well-deserved award from AAPD. I'm so excited about Thursday night, and, and thank you for your leadership over at AAPD. Uh, so I became, I've always been an advocate. I mean, even from an early age, uh, back when women's, women in sports and equality in women in sports was still in its infancy back in the early 1970s, I was an advocate for women's sports. I did women's sports uh, back there in, in the South Hills of Pittsburgh and then on to Pitt. And so I, I was an advocate for women's sports. When I got out of college from Pitt, I joined the National Organization for Women, and I really learned organizing from, from some terrific folks. I became a lobbyist for the National Gay and Lesbian Task Force and had the opportunity to work on the Americans with Disabilities Act and the 1988 Fair Housing Amendments Act. And it was so important to work on disability issues, but we were really also working to try to keep um, HIV and AIDS protections in the ADA and the Fair Housing Amendments Act. It was great to work on, on those issues. And even more importantly, I'm a person with lived experience. I have a mental health disability. So disability rights are extremely important. I, I don't know how you say it's like more important than anything to me, personally and professionally. I had the opportunity to join the staff of the Arizona Center for Disability Law, one of our 
uh, PNA, uh, protection and advocacy agencies uh, 18 years ago as a staff attorney fighting for the rights of persons with developmental and mental health disabilities. And, and I did that for quite some time before moving back home to Pennsylvania. So I'm so happy to be back home in Pennsylvania. And I have to tell you, disability rights advocacy, as it is for so many of your listeners and for your staff at Bender Consulting, it's the most fulfilling work I have ever done. And I think that's my, that's my short story in advocacy. Well, you know what? That is so true, what you said about how rewarding it is to work in the field of advocacy, to see people get employment, to see equality in accessibility or, you know, so many areas, so many areas. But I wanted to uh, say, Perry, that's really exciting you got to work on those two bills. It was. And, and I got to go to the bill signing ceremony for the ADA. And I, I, you were probably there. And I was there. No. And I didn't no, know I you was at not the time. But... I was oh, not, you were not there. there. I wish okay. I, I had been. But I was not. But please, if you don't mind, we always ask Tony to do this and Senator Harkin. But would you mind just for a minute telling everyone what that day was like to you? Oh, my gosh. It was. Well, first, it was hot and humid. I mean, it was really, really because it was in July and it was so humid in Washington, D.C. But yet the excitement of people in line waiting to get to the lawn of the White House uh, to watch the President Bush sign the ADA. I mean, it was, it was just joy. There was joy that day. And, and so it's just, and they were passing out little American flags and everyone was going to wave the American flag. It was wonderful. It was just a wonderful experience. And I'm just so grateful for all the disability advocates who pushed for this important legislation. And it's just life-changing. It was a life-changing experience. Now, it did not, um, it was not implemented until what, 92 or 93? When was it implemented? The ADA. Yeah, it was a few years. It was a few years later. It always takes a while for regulations to come out, or or for people to put into legislation an implementation or effective date. But it's still such a life changing experience uh, to to have been a part of that and and to and to now work on uh, the ADA as part of the protection and advocacy system. Well, what do you think about? ADA. How far have we got? Well, uh, Joyce, I think we've come a long, long way. But every time I feel like we've made progress, you you experience something or run into another barrier, and you think, boy, we still have a lot of work to do. So I, I think there's still a lot of work ahead of us. But but I just think so many advocates have pushed so hard to make the ADA a reality. So have a lot of lawmakers work to make the ADA a reality. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a lot better. It, it just is a lot better. Employment. Employment is the needle that has to move. Just as you said, ADA is so wonderful. I mean, it has done so much for so many people. But we still 
have a ways to go. You know, one thing there could be a big change would be enforcement, Perry. I was just talking on a call with AAPD. Until OFCCP, until there is enforcement of Section 503, I don't think you'll really see a lot of movement. Chris Griffin used to always tell me, where the rubber meets the road will be enforcement. And, and I do believe that's true, but we are making progress. It's just a slow moving ship. I'm talking about in employment, you know, not in other areas. Uh, right. But Perry, Perry, how, how did you end up getting to uh, Disability Rights PA? Well, I, I was the executive director at the Arizona Center for Disability Law and had been for a number of years. And I noticed that Pennsylvania was looking for a, an executive director. And I thought about it and I thought, boy, wouldn't it be great to come back home? I, I've got all this great experience. And, and so I was learning more about Disability Rights Pennsylvania and what the board was looking for, and it just seemed like the the types of skills they were looking for in a director really called out to me and and really spoke to my background and 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 so I applied for the job and and was interviewed a couple of times and uh, was given the position as the chief uh, executive officer at Disability Rights Pennsylvania, and I, I'm just so lucky. Uh, to be the CEO of Disability Rights Pennsylvania. It's just a terrific job and in a great state, and, and there's just so much work to do here, and I'm just surrounded by a great board and great staff of people to work with, and, and we do wonderful things each and every day at Disability Rights Pennsylvania. And I say two things. Thank God you saw that ad, Perry, <laughs> or we wouldn't have had you. Thank God you saw that uh, because you are doing a fabulous job, and I am so honored to be on your board. That is disabilityrightspa.org, disabilityrightspa.org. Make a contribution today because we can't protect people without resources. Um, Perry. Disability Rights PA. Different people have asked me about this, uh, which, of course, because I'm on the board. But when you talk about Disability Rights PA, what do you say is the mission of the organization? Absolutely. Well, our mission is to protect and advocate for the rights of people with disabilities so they may live the lives they choose free from abuse, neglect, discrimination, and segregation. So, Joyce, it's really about making sure people with disabilities have rights and that they get to choose the life they want and to live free from abuse, neglect, and discrimination. And are there, um, a Disability Rights PA, are there different programs that you would say are the top programs you work on? Oh, absolutely. You know, we're, our work is authorized under numerous federal statutes. And so Congress wants us to provide, they authorized us to provide legal advocacy, information and referral, public policy, training on legal rights, and self-advocacy information on many complaint processes. So individuals with disabilities can live the lives they choose. So our, our 
probably our largest program is called Protection and Advocacy for Developmental Disabilities. And it was a program that was passed in statute by Congress over 45 years ago. And its purpose was to guard against abuse and neglect of people with developmental disabilities. And, and, and really, it was just a horrendous time back then with so many people with disabilities being in institutional settings, being subjected to abuse and neglect, Congress wanted to do something about that. So they established our national system. And so we're 45 years old this year. And so that really is our biggest program, protecting against abuse and neglect and making sure that people with developmental disabilities get to live in the community, go to school, be employed, have a house, uh, have an apartment, and really live the lives they want to live. That's, that's our biggest program, Joyce. And how important that is and what a wonderful thing that is. Um, I know, Perry, that Disability Rights PA and other protection and advocacy groups are part of NDRN, the National Disability Rights Network. How many protection and advocacy chapters are there in the U.S.? And what would one of our listeners, how would they find out where the protection and advocacy office is. Yeah, absolutely. So the great thing that Congress did was establish one of us in every state and territory across the country. So there are 57 protection and advocacy agencies across the country. Many of us are named Disability Rights Pennsylvania or Disability Rights Maryland, Disability Rights California. So it's easy to find. And together, we comprise this nationwide network of congressionally mandated, legally-based disability rights agencies. And, and so it's really important that people understand that Congress mandated us to do this work under about eight or nine federal statutes. And it's easy to find us if you don't Google disability rights and the name of your state. You can always go to N. D-R-N dot O-R-G. That's N-D-R-N dot O-R-G. That's short for the National Disability Rights Network. And right there on the main page, you can click on Find Your Protection and Advocacy Agency. You can either search by name or by the map of the United States and Territories click on that map and you can find your protection and advocacy agency today. Again, that's at ndrn.org. And if you have an issue, you know, don't hold back. You gotta, you've gotta, gotta make that call. Hey, um, we have, remember I told you earlier that Elijah Armstrong would be calling in and I think we've got him right now. Elijah, are you on? Yes, I am. How are you? Hello, Elijah Armstrong. How are you? I'm doing well, doing well. Excited for uh, excited for our event tonight. And before you tell everyone about it, I just want to tell you, Elijah is a national disability rights leader who I endorse. He is fantastic. Uh, and also... He is a Paul Hearn Award winner 
from AAPD. And if you've subscribed to my radio show, go to Spotify, subscribe to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender on voiceamerica.com and the podcast will come up. You can go back and listen to the show Elijah was on. So, Elijah, let's hear about tonight. What's going to happen? Yeah, this is actually part of my um, Hearn project. So for my Hearn project, I started the Human Armstrong Award, uh, partnered with the Quello Center and AAPD and my org, Equal Opportunities for Students. And we give out uh, awards to students who have experienced and fought against ableism in education. Um, and one of those students, uh, we shoot videos of each of those students, and um, they get illustrated by this group of disabled artists out of Colorado called Access Gallery. The videos look really beautiful. Joyce, I remember I showed you, and you thought it was amazing. So excited to be debuting it today. Um, but we're having a conversation um, around mental health and education. Um, we're debuting the video of one of our winners. Her name is Naime. Um, and then afterwards, we're going to be having a panel discussion with you, Joyce, and Naime, and Kat Perez, who's the director of the Quello Center. And how do our listeners get to view that? Um, there's a Zoom link. I've tweeted it. Um, my Twitter handle is Elijah's a Prophet. Um, all lowercase, no spaces. Elijah's a Prophet. E L I J A H. Um, yeah, Joyce, I know you promoted it. Um, you should probably put out the link to, um, yeah, it's just a zoom link. You don't have to register, which makes it a lot easier. You can just hop on the link at six 30 tonight, um, six 30 Eastern. So it's also five 30, uh, central and three 30 Pacific time. Um, yeah, so it's really, uh, we have ASL, we have cart. It's going to be accessible. It's going to be a great conversation. Okay. So now we are promoting it, but in addition, on Twitter, you heard, at Elijah the Prophet. If you go there, you're going to see this. You can go to the link, and you'll be linked to this tonight, to this the Zoom link. Do not need to register, and no cost. Make sure you tell everyone about it. I am fired up and excited. Uh, and Perry, you're going to have to send that out to everyone. Absolutely. I'm on there now. All right, Perry, 6.30 to 8 o'clock this evening. Make sure you're there. Uh, Elijah, I can't wait to talk to you later. Yeah, can't wait to see you. All righty, bye-bye. Lead on. Lead on. He is is such an awesome person. Um, So, yeah, this is ableism in the school system. So, Uh, Perry, you will really like this. It's right up your advocacy uh, matters orientation that you that you lead us through. Uh, So you were talking earlier about NDRN. Uh, How did that happen, though? I mean, how did it happen? They made a decision to start NDRN. Yeah, so um, so. It, it sprung out of the congressional push to create this protection and advocacy network. And your listeners may remember that all of this was triggered in 1972 by Geraldo Rivera's expose about the abuse and exploitation at Willowbrook Institution in New York State on Staten Island. 
And at that time, Willowbrook had housed some 7,000 people with disabilities in these unacceptable and intolerable conditions. So these broadcasts galvanized Congress into action, and they passed that first protection and advocacy program in 1975, which was called Protection and Advocacy for Developmental Disabilities. So here comes our network, right? So there's 56 of us at the time. And everyone decided that we needed a national nonprofit membership agency. And so that's how NDRN was created. It was created with this vision of a society where people with disabilities have equality of opportunity and are able to participate fully in community life by exercising choice and self-determination. So that NDRN was created in 1982, and Kurt Decker, who is our current executive director, was also the founding executive director. At the time, he ran Disability Rights Maryland, and so the, the network decided that Kurt should then become its executive director, be based in Washington, D.C., and the intent was to be a traditional Washington, D.C.-based trade association, but it really, NDRN has grown into so much more. NDRN provides our training and technical assistance so that multiple times through the year, their trained staff trains us on all the substantive areas on disability rights law. NDRN is also actively engaged in public policy work at the federal level and often works side-by-side with organizations like ASAN and AAPD and the ARC. And so NDRN is also really responsible for the growth of our programs that benefit people with disabilities. So besides the protection and advocacy for individuals with developmental disabilities back in 1975, NDRN grew programs, and they went to Congress and said, hey, you got to do something for people with mental illness. And so Congress responded and, and gave us a program to support people with mental illness. And then they went on and, and gave us programs to help people with assistive technology and voting rights and brain injury and, and so much more. So we really credit Kurt and the NDRN network uh, for uh, growing the protection and advocacy system. Yes. How, when is he retiring, Kurt Decker? Oh, uh, Joyce. Yes. So Kurt's announced his retirement, and uh, his his last day is going to be July fifteenth. Uh, we're having an annual conference in Washington D.C. and the the Sunday before that gets started, I think it's uh, June fifth. We're going to have a big party for Kurt. So we'll have more information about that. Uh, soon, but yeah, it's, I can't believe it's almost here, July fifteenth. Wow! When, when would when when we when is that conference again? Yeah, the the conference uh, kicks off on uh, June the sixth, and uh, we're probably going to have that party Sunday night, June the fifth. Wow! I mean, he's done so much; it's hard to believe. It really is. And we'll be having him on our radio show uh, so that, oh, that all would be people can call in and talk to him. Yes, that will be. I know. I think of Kurt. I also think of the person 
that wrote this phenomenal letter or article about Section uh, 14C about how it's prison. I'll never forget it, about shelter workshops and sub-minimum pay. Uh, and so, yeah, I look forward to uh, to having him on. That will be great. Uh, and Kurt, I think you're awesome. Just want to say that. So, uh, Perry, one thing I love, I have to mention, if a nursing home, will say, is abusing, you know, a person with a disability, <clears throat> And someone lets you know and you feel it's justified, you don't have to call them. You just go. Isn't that right? Oh, that's absolutely correct. That's one of the wonderful things Congress did for us is give us what's called access authority. And so if we suspect or have probable cause for abuse or neglect or exploitation, we can enter any place that there are people with disabilities to to monitor, to talk to people with disabilities, to conduct an investigation. So we have that broad authority that Congress gave us, uh, and, and we've used it. Uh, we absolutely have used it. Uh, and people call us. And not only do people call us, but we also monitor nursing homes. We monitor institutions. We monitor places where there are people with disabilities to ensure that people's rights are protected and that people are not subject to abuse, neglect, or exploitation. Oh, that is, I, I just think that's so, such a vital, great part of everything you do. I just think that, I've always thought that was so awesome. So Perry, let's say someone's listening to the show right now and they feel they're being discriminated against and they want to go to a uh, Disability Rights, California, PA, Maryland, wherever it is, what would, what would, what would have to, shall I say, be, qualify them? to come and have a case and meet with you? What, what, how does that work? Yeah. So n not just for Disability Rights Pennsylvania, but for all of our organizations across the country, I, I, I would categorize, and, and every state is different, but I would categorize four main areas, right? So, so if someone is, is concerned about abuse, neglect, or exploitation, they should call our protection and advocacy system across the country, right? If you're in a state like California and you're worried about it, call Disability Rights California. I think another area is reducing the segregation of people with disabilities, and that can include reliance on institutionalization. That's an area that, that just about every one of us in the protection and advocacy network works on. Another area is increasing access to person-centered, recovery-oriented health and mental health care services. That's really important that people have access to needed care. That's an important issue. So things like Medicare, Medicaid, or maybe something uh, with your health insurance for something that's medically necessary. Those are important issues uh, across our network. Another is ending discrimination. So if someone is encountering uh, an issue related to education, whether that be K through 12 or post-secondary, 
employment discrimination or reasonable accommodations, housing, public access, transportation, voting, and more, you should call one of the protection and advocacy systems uh, across the country, the one that's in your state. And here in Pennsylvania, we receive over 4,000 calls a year for our legal and advocacy services. And in almost every one of our protection and advocacy agencies, there is an intake system that's staffed by trained professionals, oftentimes lawyers, who will take your call and speak with you about the issues. So that's really the first entryway into getting legal or advocacy services is to call your PNA and talk to one of the trained professionals about your issue of discrimination. And oftentimes what our network does is we try to, we, we'll take an individual legal case as, as long as it is trying to solve a systemic issue. See, the problem is Congress never gave us enough money to serve every person with a disability in our states, so we have to tackle these problems systemically. So we often file class action lawsuits, or we represent individuals, and we are seeking to change systems through that representation. So if you're going to call one of our protection and advocacy agencies, make sure you tell the person on the phone, do a very thorough job of going through the issue that you're facing uh, so that they're able to best serve you. So that's good advice because I just would say to everyone, have notes, be ready with exactly, you know, don't have people ask you questions. Oh, wait, let me get back to you. Try to have all of your information ready for when you call. But, you know, I mean, if you're not sure, still call. And the representative there will tell you whether they can assist you or not. Is that correct, Perry? Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, well, Perry, another question I have is people come to me and they'll say, um, Joyce, isn't that the same, though, as EEOC and I say no it isn't but I've had that question so many times that I'd like you to uh, explain it. Yeah thanks Joyce that's a great question and there's some similarities and then there are some big differences between the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission and our protection and advocacy network. The, The first is the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission is national in scope. So they would serve anybody who calls them from across the country, whereas our protection and advocacy system, a place like Disability Rights Pennsylvania, is only going to be allowed to work on legally-based disability issues for people with disabilities in Pennsylvania. California can only serve people who live within the borders of the state of California. So that's a big difference. EEOC is national. Pennsylvania, California, Wyoming, they can call EEOC and be served. At Disability Rights Pennsylvania, we can only serve people within the state of Pennsylvania. Uh, Another difference is the EEOC is responsible for enforcing federal law related to employment discrimination. And that's it, right? Anything that has to do with hiring, maintaining employment, accommodations, that's the EEOC. 
whereas our protection and advocacy network certainly focuses on employment, but we also do a broad range of other issues like housing, employment, public access, Medicaid, education, voting rights. I mean, there's a whole list of things that we'll work on beyond just employment. Another difference, again, we only focus on people with disabilities in our protection and advocacy system. The EEOC is responsible for employment discrimination on the basis of race, color, religion, sex, national origin, age, genetic information, and disability. So they do disability, but they do a a whole range of other protected classes. So if an individual has more questions about the Equal Opportunity Commission and their role related to employment discrimination, they can go to the EEOC.gov or call them at 202-921-3191. And I hope that kind of gets to some of the differences between the protection and advocacy system and the EEOC. Oh, I think that was a very excellent uh, description. You know, if you're listening to the show and you're thinking, you know what, I, I should share this with someone, share it. It's a podcast. And tell people they can go to Spotify, Bender Consult, they can go to voiceamerica.com, Apple, so much social media. All they have to do is put in the name of this radio show, Disability Matters with Joyce Bender on voiceamerica.com, and they will be able to listen to any and all of the shows. We have a large on-demand evening listening. Uh, Obviously, hard for people at work. So make sure you tell people about the show. And by the way, everyone listening to the show right now, you know, it's been on 19 years. I just love every one of you. Thank you so much for uh, being loyal listeners to the show. And you know what? Send me an email, jbender at benderconsult.com. That's jbender at BenderConsult.com because I want to have a month where I just have people with disabilities who have been listening to the show that have something to say on the show. jbender at BenderConsult.com. Perry, we already talked about a couple of things. But overall, I mean, from voting to employment to housing to uh, everything going on today, which you've talked about eloquently every week on our radio show on the half hour. But in your opinion, what are some of the key issues, uh, obstacles, problems that we are dealing with today in this country for people with disabilities? Yeah. Joyce, I, you know, I, I hear you talk all of the time about the employment of people with disabilities. Uh, and I agree with you. I think getting people with disabilities employed and out of sub-minimum wage jobs and in jobs that, that, that make a difference in people's lives that matter, jobs that matter, jobs that pay a fair wage, is, is probably the most important issue that we are dealing with uh, in the country today and every state across, across the nation. I mean, people deserve 
to to have the to have an equal opportunity at a job and uh, we we really need our systems we really need employers we need vocational rehabilitation and and other services to to really make this moment count and get people employed i i couldn't agree with you more that that is a a, a very important issue and a Close soon. We've got to talk about it issue. You talked about it yesterday, but did you want to share with our listeners what's going on with the airline industry? Yeah. So regulations come out every day. Uh, it's it, they're in the Federal Register, and and about a month ago, the uh, U.S. Department of Transportation issued a regulation that finally moves us forward on creating accessible lavatories on airplanes for 125 people or more, single-out aircraft. And I, I think the reason that they're moving in this direction is because it's this style of airplane that is dominating the the. Uh, air travel. Uh, these planes can travel up to nine hours, so they go long distances. And so people with disabilities are finding themselves on an airplane that is for a long period of time, but yet they cannot use the lavatory. And that is just an, an awful, painful experience. And so the, the Transportation Department has published a a, a proposed rule that would change that, and that's great. But here's the problem. The problem is that the full implementation of that is 18 to 20 years out. So they're only making it, uh, uh, it they're only going to implement this with new aircraft built 18 years from now. Like, I don't know how this is supposed to be helpful. You know, here we are 30-some years after the ADA. I know the airlines go by a, a different rule, but we should expect more from our policymakers on accessibility, and we should expect more from the airlines uh, to serve all passengers who, who, fly, who, who fly with these airlines. We just should expect more. We should. I mean, that is so long. That You know what that's almost like to me? We're not going to do it. Just remember, we're not going to do it. We're putting it so far out there, you won't even remember. So what can our listeners do about that, Perry? Yeah, so, uh, it, it, so you can go to uh, regula uh, yeah, regulations.gov and uh, search for the U.S. Department of Transportation Find that regulation and tell them you applaud them for uh, taking this step forward to make lavatories accessible on, on airplanes, but that they have to move that timeline up. We cannot wait 18 years for someone to be able to use the lavatory on, on a long-distance flight. It's, that's inhumane. We, we should not. We should have to wait. We should not. So that's and an I, important uh, issue. I know. I I did have one other question I wanted to ask you. Um, since we have you all to ourselves, our listeners today, um, we can ask you about all news questions. So here it is. In, let's see, the presidential election is in 24, but guess what's coming up? The midterms. How are you feeling, uh, Perry, if people go 
and they're worried about accessibility to voting or don't even know how they would get there, what should they do? We'll use Pennsylvania as an example. So you should call Disability Rights Pennsylvania. We uh, talked to to lots of people. In fact, you know, we had an inquiry just this week. Uh, someone needs to update their their identification. Their driver's license expired. Uh, their photo ID expired. So they have to figure out a way to get to the Department of Motor Vehicles to update their uh, their license, and they can't get there. And and so that's a barrier to voting. I mean, if you don't have a photo ID in many states across this country, you're not going to be able to vote. And so getting ready for the midterm elections, it's important to make sure that people look at your identification, make sure you understand the rules of voting in your state. If there's an absentee ballot and you want to vote by mail, make sure you get that mail-in ballot as soon as you can, request it as soon as you can, as soon as it comes, fill it out, and put it back into the post office. Do not wait, because the post office issues haven't really been resolved. It still takes a long time for the mail to move through the system. So voting is so important. The midterms are coming up. Our primary in Pennsylvania is coming up in a couple of weeks. And it's just absolutely important that people with disabilities understand the rules more than ever in their state to vote. And if you don't, call someone who can walk you through it. And th- there's no one better than, uh, than our protection and advocacy network across the country to educate people about what their rights are and how to vote and how to find your polling place if you're going to go vote in person. We're, we're always happy to do that any day of the week. Wow. When you mentioned about the problem with the mail, which is so true, uh, what about absentee? mail-ins. I mean, they're going to have to do that really early, right? People with disabilities, if they are going to use the absentee vote. I mean, I'm nervous about the vote, the about the application and the vote getting there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, it, 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 you can still request your, your absentee ballot. I requested mine early. It finally came in the mail yesterday. So I can vote by mail now. And I'm going to fill up my ballot and get it in by tomorrow so that it has plenty of time to get to, uh, to my county, which is York County in Pennsylvania. I don't want any problems. I want to know that my ballot got there and that it's going to be counted. So just don't delay. Uh, and if you, if you need support, uh, ask for it. And uh, there's just so many people who are uh, absolutely uh, out there to answer your questions and, and help you through the process. And Perry, how does a person get an absentee ballot? Yeah, so uh, you go to the county, at least in Pennsylvania, you go to the county where you live and you can call them or fill out a um, an absentee or mail-in ballot form and send it to your county, and that's the easiest way. Uh, here in, also, you could go to the Secretary of State's website here in Pennsylvania, and you can fill out a form, and they'll send it to, uh, to the county uh, in which you live so that they can get a mail-in ballot to you as soon as possible. Good information. Good information. Who would ever think that the post office, that this could have an impact on voting? You know what I mean? On getting the ballot. If, if it's an absentee yeah. ballot you're mailing in. 
Wow, that is good advice. And, you know, you talk about all such great information every week on my show, Perry. And if someone listens and they want to know more about it, how do they get, what do they do? What, what do, how do they go to your website? What do they do? Sure. Well, just I want to start by saying it's been such a pleasure to work with you and to bring your listeners Advocacy Matters each week. I, I can't believe it's been four years since you brought a news break to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. And, and it's just been fantastic to talk about as, as many topics and as varied as your guests are. And so if listeners uh, to Disability Matters want more information about our segment on Advocacy Matters and to see the kinds of things we've talked about, you go to disabilityrightspa.org, and right on the home page, there's a section for Advocacy Matters segments that we air every week on Joyce's Disability Matters show, and you can learn more about all of the great uh, information. It's not just news uh, that gets your attention, but it's the advocacy, and we're trying to get your attention on, on a lot of issues that requires your advocacy. So go to disabilityrightspa.org, and that's where you can find our Advocacy Matters segments. And you know what? It's also history. Um, I wanted to tell all of my listeners that the uh, Pennsylvania, in Western Pennsylvania, the Disability History Group is possibly interested in getting some of these shows to uh, the History Center, which is a Smithsonian. So that because I'm listed as a person of interest, so the people would have a way. How are you going to hear Marga Bristow? You know, how are you going to hear her? How are you going to hear shows with Judy Human and this news that Perry brings, you know, every week? So, um, and Perry, we are just honored to have you. You do a great job. Well, thank you, Joyce. It's just such a pleasure to work with you on your show, and um, and it's it's great to reach your listeners, and um, it's it's a lot of fun too. Okay, uh, one more time. Let's tell everyone how do you make a donation to Disability Rights PA? So it's really easy. Again, if you go to our website at disabilityrightspa.org. At the top, there's a little banner that says Donate, and you click on that Donate button, and you can make a donation to us today. We'll, we'll put that money to great use. Uh, it'll, it, it can go to public policy. It can go to litigation. It can go to serving people through our intake system. I mean, we're going to put it to good use today. So, so just go to disabilityrightspa.org, main page, click on that Donate banner, and uh, we'll, we'll make sure your money gets uh, uh, goes to help in in uh, systemic ways here in Pennsylvania. And I know it will. Remember what I told you earlier, I'm on the board. I'm honored to be on the board, disabilityrightspa.org. Do not forget, go there, read Advocacy Matters, and make a donation. No donation is too small, but you are helping protect people with disabilities, which is probably you listening to the show right now. So, um, Perry, what message do you have for our listeners today? Yeah, Joyce, you know, we talked about it a little bit earlier. You know, it's been 32 years since the passage of the Americans with Disabilities Act, and 
we've made so much progress for people with disabilities, but as far as we've come, we still have a long way to go to really achieve that equality of opportunity that we're looking for. So I'd say that the the lesson is that we each must take some responsibility to be active in our communities and hold our policymakers accountable for decisions that move us backward and not forward. And, and that's the message. Keep listening to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. Keep tuning into those Advocacy Matters segments. And, and let's, let's move it forward and not backwards. Forward and not backwards, take action. Only with that can we have change. Be an advocate. I agree with you, Perry. Thank you so much for being with us. And by the way, everyone, you hear Perry every week. It's hard to believe it has been four years. Wild does time go fast. But in addition, at the end of the year, we have a show with Perry uh, and Maria Town. And we're not sure yet. There's some new people going into place to the other person will be from the disability community about what has happened in the year. So stay tuned uh, for that in December. Uh, so thank you again, Perry. I want to end the show with a quote the way we always do. And this is, the things we advocate for are not just for a marginalized group of people, Therefore, society as a whole. Disability affects all of us, said Marka Bristow. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Talk to you next week. And in the words of Mary Brocker, remember, choose joy. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. We are the leader in live Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com.